Welcome to Cool Breeze Podcast, where we keep it cool. I'm your host, What It Do. So welcome to Cool Breeze Podcast, where we keep it cool. I'm your host, What It Do. And today we are back with another very special guest. We have Javon. He is a business marketing major from Durham, North Carolina, a graduating senior who is serving as the VP of the Ice Cold Chapter of Beta Iota Chapter. And he is the treasurer for the Political Action Committee. Come on now. How you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I appreciate the intro. You welcome. You welcome. It was long. It was long. It's gonna get longer. It was great. It is. That's the goal. Okay. That's the goal. So you ready to keep it cool? Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Okay. So my first question before we get into that. Cheers. Uh Nah, for shit. So come on, let's pull. Okay. So my first question I always like to ask: How is your mental health? My mental health. Mm -hmm. My mental health good. Which you want a one to ten? Yeah. 1 to 10. Mental health, 1 to 10. I say I'm at like a a progress in 8. Like I'm an 8 and it's moving towards a 9. Okay, what's what's that missing too? Uh, I say like it's really like I be in my own way. I be in my own head. Mm. Like I got good things going for me and I'm aware of that but mm. sometimes I still be kind of feeling like I could be doing more. Gotcha. And that kind of causes that like gap yeah that's our generation really because we always feel like we can do we can be doing so much more and i feel like that's what the old heads always be telling us too because we be our own enemy and it's like there's no reason to do any of that right so as these people probably don't know you are a mental health advocate so what made you want to be a mental health advocate because it's your mental health matters and it's very important definitely um biggest thing for me is like my own trials and tribulations Mm -hmm. like my own trauma like as i went through it and still going through it Mm -hmm. like i know the way i feel when i go through something and i've been at rock bottom and I've been at them places and I know how it feels when you feel like the whole world against you. Mm-hmm. You feel like you can't turn to nobody. And I didn't also made it through them situations as well. So I, them alone, like, it just makes me very passionate about wanting to just inspire others and mm-hmm. just pour into other people. Like, since a kid, I felt like I always knew how to read a room and read people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I've always been the type of guy to like, whenever somebody needed, I want to motivate them. I want to inspire mm-hmm. them. I want to help you. Like, mm-hmm. you can get through it. Like, you can. I know you can. Like, mm-hmm. I just been real passionate about that. And as I keep going through things, like, it only uh, gives me more things to talk about. Mm-hmm. So once I get on the topic, like, that passion takes over, and I just get to talking for real. That's good. That's good. So, being a mental health advocate, what has been like one of the hardest challenges or a struggle that you have faced? Mm, like personally not per it could be personally it could be you know with helping somebody else or if somebody you know had something that connected to you or if somebody who you know you know hit home or was you know wasn't doing how you thought they were okay mm, that's a good question thank you thank you great question um personally i could start off with personally like okay. one of the major things like I lost my father in 2018. Mm. That was after sophomore year, just going into junior year. Mm -hmm. And it was tough, like that whole situation. I wasn't myself for a while. Yeah. And like spiraling out and just going completely down. But luckily, like I was in this mentor program at Hillside. Mm -hmm. And my advisor, Lee, shout out to you if you're watching this, like, Father figure in my life ever since then He done pulled me in, got my head on straight And like, he really allowed me to just Go through what I was going through But at the same time, not let me Get too far out there Mm -hmm. to where like You crash out Exactly, and Mm -hmm. I make a decision that I might regret So, Mm -hmm. shout out to him for definitely keeping my head on straight But like, that alone Like, that major loss Like, that was my first real time At like a rock bottom Or like, Mm -hmm. just this depressed state Mm-hmm. And it won't fun. And the scariest part about it was I didn't know that I was depressed. Like mm-hmm. looking mm-hmm. back on it, yeah. But like while At I was moment, going through, like know. I didn't know. Like that was the scariest part. Like if Leek wasn't there, yeah. like my life could have been completely different than what it is today. And oh, like wow. 
just having that feeling in me, knowing that like I was that close to making a decision that could have like changed the trajectory of my life, like mm -hmm. it gave me that drive to just want to succeed, and I just want everybody else to succeed because we all can. Mm -hmm. Like it's enough room for everybody at the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So. I just lost my father in December so with you've had a few years to grieve and you know really process everything what would you say has been um, how can I word this don't worry about wording it what would you say has really been the way that you have continued to push through and like no because because my dad used to always say you know I've lived life without you you've never lived life without me so it's like how did you how was the adjustment because I know for me it's challenging now but for you how was it at a younger age it was hard like being completely honest like it, it's hard and like while going through it I guess one of the things that I'm better with now is kind of just embracing it like you just got to go through it mm -hmm. like and it's not going to be consistent you're not going to be able to predict how you grieve like you're going to go through things and you might be fine you might feel like you're fine and it might be that one day or that one moment out of the day and in a couple of months where mm -hmm. it just hits you again and it's just like damn but yeah. you just gotta really that mindset of just embracing it like as I kept going through it one like one thing my pops always told me and instilled in me as a child was like you and McCallum like that's the same thing what what like you that's what we do like we not no average so just that alone like it pushes keeping that spark in me mm -hmm. like allowing him to just live through me like knowing like when I go out here and I do things like mm -hmm. just remembering that one phrase like I'm on McCallum like everything that he didn't put into me i feel like it was preparing me for that moment mm -hmm. and that's something else shout out to lee he helped me realize this a while back like my he always taught me a lot of things like that was his main thing like just pouring into his son teaching me lesson after lesson after lesson after lesson mm -hmm. and i feel like it got to a point where like i was receptive to a lot of it and i was learning a lot of these lessons and even though some of them i didn't understand at the time mm -hmm. as i got older i started to understand what he was telling me and just knowing that like he did all of those things because that was like his duty as a father to just prepare his son for the real world and mm -hmm. i guess like god that was his that was his plan for him like prepare your son mm -hmm. and then allow him to just blossom like allow mm -hmm. him to carry on the legacy mm -hmm. so ever since i had that mindset too it's been helping me go through things like knowing that because i strongly feel like my father did a great job as a father yeah like, most i feel confident in who i am i feel confident in my ability to go out into this world and make whatever i want to make happen and i feel confident about protecting my loved ones so i feel mm -hmm. like those three combined he did his job like he did his shout job. out to that nigga for sure facts though shout out to all of that so oh, what is one generational curse that you're trying to break hmm. one generational or curse a generational break. tradition that you're trying to create okay um a generational curse that I'm trying to break. It could be it could be a traditional one or it could be so non traditional to the fact of I'm not cutting my son hair till he like six. Okay. It could be it could be anything. Um I say like bringing that community feeling back within yes. the family and just within the environment around me, like to to put it in, like in perspective, like when you ride around now, you don't see kids playing basketball on the street. It's, it's you don't rare. see kids outside throwing the football. You don't. You like I don't see that community feeling. Yeah, COVID happened, so I know that can play a major part into it. Yeah. But even before then, like with how the gun violence was rising up and how the situation was with the police in yeah. the black community, like we was just starting to lose that. But I really want to bring it back. Like, yeah, I don't really like they're like my neighbors or the people i stay around when i see when we see each other it's like just this awkward eye contact or it's mm. like a quick what's up like i miss the days where like younger when i was going outside in the neighborhood going across the street playing with the neighbor's kids like it was nothing like didn't think twice about it and yeah i want that because i also don't want my children to be like so wrapped up in technology that they don't have their own yeah. personality like yeah because i want outside kids right because my kids they gonna they gonna know about the little green box right. in the neighborhood that's what i'm street saying light. like you gotta have that the street light cut on it's time to come it's to time to come because like kids because i'll see like two or three kids and i'm like there's more kids in this community right than i see and it's like all these everybody wants their baby to be a tablet kid and it's like no let that's your child be a child for them that's not it's all. hindering their development it and is. then 
people wonder why, like, it's so many, like, and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with this, by all means, because even I have my own moments where I'm like this, too. We all do. But the, like, having them tablet kids and iPad kids and being okay as a parent with your child not getting out into the real world, you're doing a disservice to them yeah. because they're going to grow up and they're going to heavily experience those social anxieties or those introvert lifestyles. Mm -hmm. Like, we got to promote more like getting out there like just go outside that mm -hmm. them two words alone can help solve a lot of problems yeah because kids don't get dirty like they used they to they don't like, it's like they, there's no scrape knees no you know what i'm saying like i feel like everybody that i know my age got them two scars got, on both of their knees yep. that they just feel don't know when it happened don't know where it came from mm -hmm. but it happened like and the real ones either got a chipped tooth right. or either something on their arm it's something like it's, it's an something. arm like i was feeding the cows and i got like a little Man, like, Everybody got a story for their stars, and these bro, kids like, don't get to experience it at all. It's and it's like they like at the table; they're so like non-associated with what's going on, and right. they're so consumed into the tablet. And it's like right. they're not even in the real world. They don't they don't know the proper instincts. Like you could probably give a kid a tablet, and he might come lift you. Mm -hmm. And it's like that's sad to say, but it's a lot that needs to change, it is. especially with gentle parenting too. It, yeah, that's another thing. Like I'm. I'm sorry, but mm -mm. the only reason this a is this a kid friendly podcast or this is for like this is, this is, this we we cooler yeah we cooler authenticity yeah I'm gonna be completely honest. The only way I learned my lessons is because I got my ass whooped. Like the only reason I am who I am today is because I seen that belt that mm -hmm. switch and that, it put fear. That what I'm saying. Like it I'm sorry, fear. but all that I'm not being my I'm man. Time out don't work. Standing in a, your child will go laugh in the it's in the not, corner. Like you can't and that yelling at them that's not doing nothing either, mm -hmm. bro. Like it was mm -hmm. either I got hit in my chest or I got my game took or something. Yeah, like, it's, it's like they got the phone to, and it's like now these kids. Oh my God, they about to kill everybody if they get their phone took. Yeah, like, I seen this one post this. 14 year old girl killed her mother because she took her phone she killed her mother killed her mother put the body in the front yard and then her and her sister dragged the body behind the car because the car was in the front yard so that nobody could see it you lost your mother and you still don't know where your phone is at but just that thought like for her to even be comfortable with just doing, doing that, that like crazy to that, me like i'm condolences to that family and sending peace and positivity to everybody involved in that situation but with that being said, it's like you gotta instill some fear in these children. Mm -hmm. Like, why they not gonna think? Like, I didn't think twice about trying to harm. Mm -mm. I'd be damned if I thought mm -mm. about trying to harm my pops. Mm -mm. Like, that that was a, that was a you. Oh, you wanna do right? With. I'm a beat I'm you talking too. about it was over with. It wasn't like, a they thought. shut all that down quick. But like, that's what you need because it teaches you that like obedience like mm -hmm. teaches you like okay like in certain some situations certain situations like you need to just sit there and listen yeah like, like order is needed for kids at an early age because yes. most people like our generation now they think oh that's cute and they're laughing right. at the little boy hitting everybody but if you don't if you don't fix that now when that's gonna 16, turn into like a serial killer. That's gonna be a serial killer or a man who beats women. Like that what I'm saying? That shit is not cool. At all. And it, it needs to be like it's not cute now. Like once, twice, okay, yeah, that's cute. But three times you need to nip that in the butt right. early. Cause these kids now were fighting a teachers for taking Like I'm talking about what? We fighting a teacher. We would never I would never raise my hand at no fucking time. I'm sorry, like that motherfucker swing at me then, yeah, I'm gonna like yeah. Me? But other than that, like, I'm not in class. Like, yeah, my the most I did growing up, like, I was just a talker. Like, I had ADHD, so once I got mm. done with my work, they want shit else for me to do but bother people. So I got in trouble for just talking too goddamn much. But I would never goddamn hit no teacher. Mm -mm. And then for our generation too, it was like a privilege for us to even bring our phones to school. That too. It had to be in our book bag. It was for only uh, in between classes or at lunch. Right. Like you yep. seen it, it got took. It was no question about it. And it was just simple that on that because yeah. I feel like we followed rules. Yeah, because we got our ass whooped. Like exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because every nobody wanted that phone call home. That's what I'm saying. That was the scariest <laughs> thing in the world going up. So they like, threatened you with that. It was all right, okay. I got you. Let me, let me sit you. on up. And you remember back in elementary school when we used to have the little colors, boy. Oh, and yeah. I, man, it was like I'm gonna keep it G. It was to a point like elementary school. I think from like first to no, what is it? Second grade. It was one of them like. It was to a point in the school like I had started out day on red and I had to work my way up to green. Like, you was, was bad. Yeah, because I felt like 
They just, I don't think the school I was at, like, understood mm. what I had going on. So, Got they just you. thought I was just bad. It was I, just like, no, I'm, like, in the most humblest way possible. Like, I'm just more advanced than mm -hmm. the majority of kids. And so, when I finish my work, you need something that's else what I'm saying. Like, yeah. give me another assignment. But mm -hmm. they didn't understand that. And they thought I was just bad. So, mm -hmm. that's what led to that. But in reality, I'm like, I'm bringing home A's. Every progress report, mm -hmm. every report card. Mm -hmm. I just got a star beside it that say he talked too much. Yeah, I seen a study about that. Because it was, like, kids in, like, the third or second grade, they'll diagnose them with, like, ADHD or ADD. But it's, like, when they actually do a test, they don't like a fourth or fifth grade level exactly i they asked me if i wanted to move up a grade my parents said no because they wanted my development like they wanted mm -hmm. me to be around kids my age, age type when i was in second grade they asked me if i wanted to take a test and get moved up to third but i didn't i didn't do it hmm. yeah yeah you would have enjoyed a, a year of college if you would have yeah for real <laughs> Maybe I should have. <laughs> it's like looking back, yeah. <laughs> so, so what are some ways that you're trying to create generational wealth? Um, definitely real estate. Like, and what's crazy is this morning, like, I was on social media and I had seen Central, like, I seen that they the first HBCU to have like a real estate program oh, under right. their Masters of Business Administration. Really? Yeah, oh, wow. like, I just seen it started in 2021. So that's nice. That was one way, like, definitely just getting in that and. As I get more knowledge on it, like, it's a great industry to go in because everybody think, like, the, the, the main thing you can do is just buy houses, flip houses. But it's so much more, like, mm -hmm. even down to just the floors. Like, if you can get in contact with a landlord, you can do all the work for them and not have to do no work at all. Just send papers back and forth between mm -hmm. people and sign contracts. Just hire contractors. So I just want to get more knowledgeable on that. And then outside of that, like, credit cards, that's another thing. The company I'm working for, like... I'm getting way more knowledge on just how credit works and mm -hmm. credit and how you can maximize and use your points and shit. And mm -hmm. It's like it seems easy, but of course it seems easy because I'm actually not doing it yet. Mm -hmm. but building that credit, getting someone else's money, taking a risk, a planned logical risk. Mm -hmm. That's like the formula to success. But of course, I'm not speaking from experience, so don't listen to me. I'm not rich yet. So with credit, like you know, you said you mentioned on ways to build credit. Do you have some 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 ways that you could spill on ways for people to build their credit? Definitely. Um, first thing first is don't get one if you don't have a consistent income. That's one. Like, don't think that like, oh, I'm gonna get a refund check in the spring. So I'm going to make these purchases and then I'm going to just pay it off when I get that. Don't, don't think like don't that. Work like because that. then like, some shit might happen and you might can like. So just right one, have a consistent income. And then like those regular purchases that you would always do on your debit card, literally just do it on the credit card. And then like you can even have it to where like, to put an example, like if you budget out your money, right? And you say, I'm going to spend $60 on gas this week, and I'm going to spend $100 on grocery. That's $160 that you're going to spend on your debit card in one week. Get a credit card. Use the purchases for that credit card. Take that $160 when you get paid. Label it in an envelope, gas and groceries. Keep the $160 right there. Wait like a week before the statement date or a couple days before the statement date, and then put the money onto the credit card that you have have save right there it's gonna take discipline that's all it's gonna take but mm -hmm. if you want to build your credit you're gonna have discipline mm -hmm. that's discipline one way though key. what's another way give us one more. um i say mm, kind of the same thing but for like those big purchases as well like if you know you got like some birthdays or holidays or something coming up where you know you're gonna make a purchase do the same thing like especially if you've been saving up for it you already been saving up the money to buy somebody something so you know you got the discipline to leave it alone just use the credit card and then keep that money sitting right there and then just put it back on there so like whatever you think you can afford to do like do that and then just keep that discipline in mind but it's really not hard to build up credit just don't try to do too much at one time like don't take baby steps if you want to just do ten dollars a week on gas and start off like that that you can do that like don't think you got to get a credit card and spend hundreds of dollars to show them that you can use money no you can do that with five dollars you can because they really want you to only have like a three percent um usage rate on your credit cards because if you the more if you max out your car use a lot your credit score is going to drop quick 
the quicker you use the money, the quicker your score is going to drop. So what would you say, like, for the age 20 to 22 is, like, a good credit range for us to be in? Because I know all of us want, like, them 830s. Right, yeah, nah. It realistic. ain't happening. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Be realistic. Honestly, like, realistically speaking, at 20 to 22, you just starting off your careers. If, if you can stay in between, like, I would ch- don't go no lower than like 680 680 to like s- try to be in 680 to 720 mm-hmm. around there relatively like I would say that's a, a healthy way because you don't want to be too low in the 600s to where like you got to build yourself out of something before you even start something mm-hmm. but then again like don't feel pressured to be at no amazing credit score fresh out of college like yeah. That's unrealistic. Yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. And ways to boost your credit, too. I don't know if you know this, but download Experian. And because for those of you, because those of you who rent, if our rent does not go on our credit, unfortunately, right. which is dumb. Get Experian Boost. You link your debit card account up and it'll it'll back check the last three months. So your rent will eventually go on your credit because when I did it, um, when I did it, my credit score boosted, I want to say like 13 points mm-hmm. I was like I like that I like that I was like I can't wait till my other stuff oh get added God. and stuff like that so okay we're gonna switch over to the student portion okay. of you so we're gonna start off with why did you choose the illustrious the wonderful the magnificent Winston-Salem State University WSSU go Rams for real why did I choose Winston um it was a, I'm going to be completely honest, a very easy, like, just experience as far as the whole college decision. Like, I knew I wanted to go to an HBCU, mm-hmm. and my top three was Winston, Howard, and A&T. But I knew I wasn't going to A&T because of, like, how they vibe was, that culture. Like, they I ain't just, got no family atmosphere. That one, I, like, I can't, I'm, that's not, I'm not, I don't even got enough clothes to put on the outfit every day. I ain't lying. So it's like, I'm, I can't go to that. I'm not going to that school. No. And then Howard, they private. It's like 50 bands a semester. I'm like, yeah, let's. We're not doing that either. So, Winston, I stepped on camp. Felt like home. It was like the hillside. Most people I knew was going to Winston, so I already knew people there. They were saying good things about it. And once I applied, like I got accepted quick, but I didn't like I applied regularly, but I got accepted before the like early admissions people I don't know that shit was real like I got accepted quick like my whole senior year I had knew I was going to Winston Tight. but then senior year got shut down because of COVID so I couldn't really enjoy the shit yeah you read about that so so far what has been your favorite Winston memory hmm. and it could be personally it could be just the school it could be anything my favorite Winston memory mm-hmm. I got a couple you can name you can give me a top three Top three? Yeah, top three. Uh, Top three, out of order. I'll say one, definitely, like, what was it? That live? Was it? No, it was that Fayetteville State basketball game. What was it? Our sophomore year? Which one? I'm trying to. It was when they had came to us, and they had, like, that one section of the crowd when he can't hit the game. (laughs) When he hit the game. Man, we all flooded that, that, that game. was crazy. Like they all had they whole saying we going back and forth, just looking at each back other, just like bro. That CE Gay is undefeated, bro. Undefeated. CE Gay is only thing I need is some AC, and nah, it'll be great. Real, though, that, that's the only thing. That's the only thing. Okay, give me the uh, next one. Let me see another one. I say. Mm, I say probate. Probate for sure. Okay. That gotta be in the top three. Probate was a vibe, like top three. That was just a smooth day. Uh, and then three. I'm trying to think honestly. Like that's a lot. Ramdition freshman year. Like even though it was COVID and we ain't really getting real. Like me and my guy. Like we we made the most of it. Yeah, we just we would just our biggest thing. We all just wanted to be like outside. Yeah, that's all it was like, and I think that's what made it so great was that we had nothing, mm-hmm. but we made, made something. something. I think that's what made it so like. I'm talking about like we walk into the bridge twenty deep, just smoking, Literally. and it's like, like it's just that was just the vibes. Like we all get outside and we just like it was half a time. That what I'm saying. It felt like them kid days where you just go outside. Literally, and, just and it was so ghetto. It was so like, ghetto. Completely just. And then it was like the street lights on and we still outside. I'm talking about thugging like twelve three o'clock in the morning. We on the bridge doing we nothing. I'm talking about nothing like just sitting outside. Niggas on top of the bus stop. We out there with speakers like yeah. this. We in the street cooling. Cooling, like, having the time of our lives. I'm saying. Like, 
That's, I think that's my top three, though. Top three? Your top three? three. Yeah. Okay, so being a person, being a Winston man, mm -hmm. what has being a Winston man taught you? Being a Winston man? Mm -hmm. Like being a man at Winston-Salem State University? Mm -hmm. Um, It didn't taught me that. Oh, it didn't tell me that like chivalry isn't common. Yeah, that all, that all. It it like it's 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 not common. Like I will say that like it is a lot of it on Winston-Salem campus. Like I don't, I see more of it than I don't see. But yeah, it's like I don't know. It's not common, and both on like the male side and the woman's side as well. Like some of them not being appreciative but it's like it's nothing that holds weight or anything like that but just seeing how people respond to it yeah it's always interesting because it only takes two seconds to say thank you yeah i don't know what i'm saying like i'm gonna do it regardless because that's just how i am like i don't mm -hmm. care if you said it or not but it would be nice if just a little thank you like, i appreciate it mm -hmm. okay so what has being an alpha man taught you being an alpha man mm -hmm. uh time management bro like being a man like being a man that's really focused on succeeding and wanting mm -hmm. to be something like you got to know how to manage your time like when it comes to like and boundaries as well like managing your time and also having like them non-negotiables like work work and then like be i'm in a relationship that's a priority so you got mm -hmm. your work you got your relationship then you building towards your future that involves like the side hustle ideas everything in that room yeah and like just knowing how to also have a good time social life so really balancing all that like it may sound like it's just life but it's just like no nah, like on a day-to-day -day basis that shit is a lot trying to jug that shit time management is key still ain't got i still ain't got it down peg yet me but I'm neither still, i'm still, still working, working on it too one percent every day one percent hey if you do one percent every day that's still I'm 65 talking. a year come on bro hey. slow progress okay because so, the turtle won the race real, that's what no. a lot of people fail to realize okay so what made you want to be an ice cold brother of alpha phi alpha fraternity incorporated uh I say this. I got two answers to it. Okay. The first answer is that mentorship program in program I was in in high school. Mm -hmm. It was called Theta Phi Psi Fraternity Incorporated, mm -hmm. and essentially it was it wasn't. Of course, it wasn't no real D nine or no Greek organization, but it was like this high school organization where we emulated the alphas essentially mm -hmm. like a lot of our moves in history and information like essentially we was like many alphas like the alphas at central mm -hmm. they would come back they would kick it with us talk to us mentor us nice. it was a great program mm -hmm. and that really played a major part into it because when i first like freshman year of high school was my first time ever seeing anything related to greek mm -hmm. anything like they had it at hillside and they had probates and stuff and i'm seeing dudes coming in motorcycles and they deaf mm -hmm. marching and they coming in with the mask and i'm like what like what is this mm -hmm. i'm like cool they step <laughs> so i look into it and i'm like i want to do it and mm -hmm. then i just like i really love it like i really love greek and as i'm doing the theta stuff like i'm looking at the real d9 greeks out there and i'm like okay like i was looking at it I'm like alpha's alpha's cool and the other answer to it is like kind of just who i am as a person i mm -hmm. felt like it just resonated the organization resonated with me the best like mm -hmm. the stuff that i believe in the values that i have mm -hmm. how i want to carry myself like everything just aligns with alpha and i feel like me ending up at winston mm -hmm. and then like all of the guys that i was around that was in them leadership positions mm -hmm. were alphas mm -hmm. like shout out to what james trey like they was royal court man legacy leaders i was around like noah and all them other guys so mm -hmm. it was real smooth kind of just being around that good energy and that just putting those two together hey you get spring 23. okay <laughs> so what has been your favorite alpha memory so far because you have a lifetime to go for real though um favorite alpha memory <sighs> shout out to my guys man <laughs> shout out to my guys i say really just like being with them like for that time frame we was with each other like it was it was it was nothing but good vibes and i really made some great connections mm -hmm. so i it's hard for me to pick just one because it's a lot so i say like just Give me top three top three top three top three i know it might be hard practicing to get top for three. probate practicing for probate okay. like just all of those experiences together was just like dang like because you know it kind of hit different for me because it's like 
I've been waiting on like kind of a big moment ever since COVID happened. Mm -hmm. We ain't get no graduation, no yeah. big graduation. We yeah. ain't get no good rendition. So it was like probating in the front of the whole school. I'm like, okay, this is kind of my first big moment in a while. Like mm -hmm. I'm actually getting excited for this. Um, I say everything leading up to it, like kind of just going to those interest meetings or kind of initially making those connections mm -hmm. in that beginning phase process of it. Mm -hmm. That was fun looking back at those pictures, like when I'm in my suit or I'm making sure my tie good, going mm -hmm. to the meeting and stuff, that was cool. And then CGP this past, not like what well, they was at yesterday, but uh, mm -hmm. it was another one that we performed in. Mm -hmm. And that was cool, me and some of my LBs and some of the other guys was out there having a good time strolling, so. Anytime we get together, one another one, uh, number four, Darren, his birthday was the other day, July 4th, we went to the bar and then got a couple of drinks, bowling, then went downtown Charlotte to fireworks. That was cool. That's, nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. Shout out to the guys, man. So what would you say to anybody who's looking at this video and is interested in wanting to be a part of the organization or joining the organization? Okay. Um, I definitely say do your research. If you have questions, try to answer them yourself before you go ask somebody, because nine times out of 10, you can answer it yourself. Just do your research. Um, and then to like, be you, like when you actually having those in-person experiences or you have anything like, I know it can be intimidating. I was intimidated a little bit, but it's just like, don't let it be like, just be you and just try to stick to you because if you just remain who you are and stay as authentic as possible, you're going to naturally get aligned with everything that's meant for you in this life. So mm -hmm. keep that mindset, do your research, and just let life happen. You know what I'm saying? If it happens, it's going to happen. And if it don't, it won't meant to. You call for something different, maybe something greater. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's good. That's good advice. That's good advice. Yeah. So, with us being HBCU students and being in the black community in 2023 in America, what would, one do you think it's important for black kids to go to HBCUs? Yes. Why? I think it's important for black kids to go to HBCUs because of, like we said earlier, just that family feeling, that community feeling. And just seeing other people that look like you, seeing a lot of other people that look like you actually chase something and mm -hmm. work towards their ambitions. Like, it's those everyday experiences that you don't think about when applying to college. But mm -hmm. when you come to Winston and you walk outside and you make eye contact with somebody, nine times out of 10, you're gonna get a head nod or you're gonna get a what's up. Or if you speak, nine times out of 10, y'all can have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And, or just like when you walking in the cab, you holding the door for people or just, how we are on Instagram, like class of 24 at Winston, like via IG, you would have thought we was all connected and knew each other before mm -hmm. we even came to college. Like everybody that stayed in Cove on second floor, all them guys, like we all close, still cool. Like, so going to HBCU, you, them connections that you're going to make and the type of people that are in them connections, I feel like it's just going to be greater for your development mm -hmm. and going into the real world because we're going to go around and we're going to be around a lot of Caucasian people, no matter how we put it. So yeah. I feel like, while you still have the opportunity to be in control of that decision of who you're around, mm -hmm. go to an HBCU. Mm -hmm. The best thing. So, what would you? What's one thing or anything that you would change about our HBCU? Mm. Mm -mm -mm. That's a good question. Mm -hmm. I was like, because everybody has a different answer. Yeah, yeah. This is this is interesting. Like. After just serving a SGA position too, this is an interesting yeah, question. Yeah, because you got the the real inside <laughs> school on Wednesday. But uh, I would say like, kind of just the attitudes of the people that are working in like just our positions mm -hmm. when it comes to just faculty and staff. Not saying that they're bad. Like we have great staff, great faculty, and they do a lot for us, and they put you in positions to succeed. You just have to be a little adamant about succeeding, and there's nothing wrong with that. You should just want to be like that already. Yeah. But essentially, yeah, like, you know, allow giving them a better attitude when it comes to just like if you go into financial aid office and you have an issue, or if you go somewhere, it's like it's always some type of hiccup, or it's always some type yes, of something. It's and it's just something. like I understand everything can't be smooth, and people have bad days, but 
you chose that job, bro. Like, don't show up mad. Yeah. Like, what's up? Like, like what we doing? come home. <laughs> like, just leave. Like, bro, you chose. Nobody forcing <laughs> no, you to work. Nobody. Here. And nobody is forcing you to stay here either. Because it's like, bad. in the positions, it's like, yeah, I get that it's America, the real world, and all of this. Right. But you could at least act like you care. That's what I'm saying. Like, my advisor that I got coming into college freshman year, like, you know, you get, like, this advisor that help you register for your classes and do all of that. Mm-hmm. I've been doing my own, like, the advisor that I got switched to my junior year once I got into my major, he's been great. Shout out to Dr. Matthew. That's my guy. But the advisor I had before him, like, I was doing everything on my own, going on my ramp path, seeing mm-hmm. what I needed to take, getting the CRNs. Like, I was doing all that dolo. And that's something that, like, I just shouldn't have had to do, especially not freshman year. Like she didn't tell me that FYE was only two. Uh, it was only two credits, so I would have. I, I won't even classify it as a sophomore if I wouldn't have took summer classes. Like at the end of freshman year, if you would have took like just your regular five and five, mm-hmm. and you know FYE was fall and spring semester, you would only have twenty eight credits, and you got to be thirty to be a sophomore. So wow. I had to take. I took two summer classes to like be ahead, but like I found that out after just looking at after it myself. And I'm like. Why she still say freshman? Like, 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 yeah, tight. Cause I had a friend. He um he didn't classes started. He got his alternative pin the second day of classes. That's what I'm saying, bro. And then professors don't be trying to work with you when you come into class late. You come in and they already got zeros in. It's like, bro, I like, just got. It was class. a ten minute walk. It's raining. The stoplights. There was a car. And a hey, if you go to Winston, there was might have been a high speed chase on the road. That's what too. I'm saying, bro. Like, it's like it really ain't no telling. It's really not because I feel like most people in the office they're they're old school. They're yeah, very old school. Definitely. And, and old school, they're more so like, uh, well, I don't care. It is what it is. Just get it done. Right. This is how it is. There's no changing. And it's like our generation is more so like, okay, life does happen, yeah, and definitely. you have to understand that because if you don't, then you're just going to stress yourself out. Because our generation, if we got your flat tire on the way to work, we either if we can't get it fixed in like an hour, we're going back home to get yeah, it fixed. That's what I'm saying. Like no. <laughs> Nobody is. I think what we do a great job of is just putting ourselves first. First, mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna be completely honest. I I didn't lost count of how many jobs I had. It's at minimum at least twelve. But like, I'm talking about easy. I was just working at a car wash this past summer. Ooh. Like no, this summer. Matter of fact, I was this working at the Wave hot. Car Wash. That one, I was working mm. at the Wave Car Wash. Right, I was. The semester was over. My internship was starting up in June. Mm-hmm. I think it was still in like that May. And so you had a April, few weeks. So I had like a few weeks, mm-hmm. and I was kind of like, I needed a little something just to keep mm-hmm. me going until the internship started mm-hmm. up. And I got a job at the Car Wash. But while I was there, like. It was cool at first because it was easy, like easiest yeah. job I ever had. Mm-hmm. All I'm doing is dipping the brush and wiping the window and putting it back. Now that's simple. Yeah, I'm talking day. about I'm cooling, like I'm not <laughs> tripping at all. You know what I'm fine. saying? I'm mm-hmm. not tripping at all. But then after a couple of days, I was just thinking. I was there. I'm like, I'm spending like five, six hours of my day or something like that, just doing this. And like, yes, while I do need some money to stay afloat right now to keep me going, like. I, I really don't have to be doing this. Like, I know I had this internship starting up, and what, where the conflict was coming from was, like, I used, after freshman year being at college, I went back home that summer. I was working at FedEx, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., mm-hmm. and then I would wake up at, like, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning to do Instacart from then until, like, it was time to go to work because I was in Oxford having to go to Durham. Killing so yourself. I was doing that all summer, and I had got, like, I had got my cars tinted. I had got my tat. Like, my priorities all fucked up, by mm-hmm. the way. Like, I'm doing all this hustling and getting a whole bunch of shit that, yeah, I want it, but it's really not doing nothing mm-hmm. for me. I'm tinting my car. I'm getting goddamn tattoos. I'm getting clothes That's a temporary, like, like, feeling. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm kind of just doing that, but it showed me that while I can go out here and I know how to get a bag and I can go out here and do that, like, mm-hmm. Peace is essential, bro. Like, and as I was doing that, like, I quit that car wash. Like, I just yeah. left one one of my shifts. I went on lunch and I just left and I didn't yeah. come back. I did the same shit to Walmart. Left on lunch. Oh, man, I hate Walmart. Fuck Walmart. Okay. Walmart. Man, man, <laughs> nobody in their life should work at Walmart. Walmart does not pay you yeah. enough to go through everything that you go no, through at Walmart. Bro. Like, no, if you're not working overnight at Walmart, your job is terrible. You know what I'm saying, bro? They, bro, I mm-hmm. fucked up my New Balances at Walmart. I was in produce and meat, but they got them. I had went over to eggs and milk for like just the rest of that. Drop the car in the milk mm. on my New Balances, mm. fucking them shits. I'm like, like I hurt my up. back at Honda, at not Honda, at Walmart, cause I was in OGP. So it was like the people that I was working with, I was new. So it was like, okay, an order outside. They looking at me. Okay, it, it's multiples. Okay, you can grab that, and right. you know, just because I'm new, I'm not finna do exactly. everybody's job. So man, 
I mean, cause I'm I was the type of person. I sometimes lift with my back, not my legs. That's my own dumb self fault. Yeah, I used to be like that too at FedEx, yeah. but I learned my goddamn lesson. And I remember it was like four o'clock in the morning one night. I woke up back spasms like crazy. I was about to go to the ER. I called my daddy. I was like, I was crying. I was like, what in the world? I was like, nope. That's it. Word, That's it. Because once it once it affects our body to a point to where it's like. I feel like to the point where we feel like we got to go to the hospital or it's like it affects us that bad because waking up out to sleep is crazy. Yeah, no, that's that's wild. I'm going to quit. And no, then, for sure. Because on top of that, too, it's like all of these people be having these negative energies and attitudes at a job that they hate, but they won't quit. Because everybody's stuck in that like, And that's that, that, that old corporate? school mindset. Everybody's stuck in that like Our generation does a great job at taking the next opportunity mm -hmm. and leaving like all that staying at the company for 40 mm -hmm. years that i don't even be i don't plan on working for nobody after like five years so i'm gonna keep it g yeah i'm starting my career off and after that i'm gone yeah that's it because it's like the older generation they always think that you know if they quit their job they're not gonna have no money they're gonna get kicked out of their house none of their bills are gonna get repaid but our generation we okay there's a million and one ways that you can go out here and make a couple dollars like right, bro there's so many ways. there's so many and it's and it's all it is that you just need the time That's but everybody gives their time to so a job that they hate a job that will replace them like that like, like that because at the end of the day, like I always say, the way that you care about your job, your job does not care about you. Not at all. Because you can be in a car accident today and no longer be able in that position. Your position will be posted by the end of that day or next week. That's what I'm saying, bro. And it's, it's not going to be nothing because my mom, she worked for the state 10 years, you know. And, you know, after 10 years, you get, like, whatever. Right. They gave her an umbrella. After 10 years? After 10 years, an umbrella. One of, one of them big ones. You're talking about one of the things you can go get from like Dollar Tree, right? Yeah, like yeah, like yeah, like, like an umbrella. Like they gave her like mm -hmm, like an umbrella, and it had and it had it was a nice umbrella, and it had the little state thing on it. Right, but it was an umbrella. it was an umbrella. Okay, I said what, it, but what what you gonna do with an umbrella? You know, a raise. They're trying to make sure she can get to work. It's yeah, just, just, just making sure she don't get wet. Make sure she don't get wet walking from the car to the job. And it's like the decency, because it's like. She she was like, they gave me a um tea. That's crazy. That's bro. what I said. I was like, your job does not care about you. Not at all. At all. And it's like she gave like so much like dedication, time, energy, like you know. And people like to say that their job doesn't affect their mental, but it yes. does. It yes. does. If you're not doing something that you love, your life is gonna be miserable. Yes. I was at a senior leadership panel for my internship and uh one of the guys speaking, great story, and I really like was hearing what he said. He said that like People think that like when it comes to this work-life balance or doing this thumb that it's always going to be 50-50 or you're going to find this perfect balance. You never are. Mm -mm. Like, you never are. Something's going to have to suffer for you to do good and something else. And that's a decision that you just got to gotta embrace mm -hmm. that and know that some days work is going to be more prominent. Some days yep. personal life is going to be more prominent. But mm -hmm. you just got to have them non-negotiables. Like, mm -hmm. for me, my thing is like. When I go in office, I'm in Charlotte. I got to go back to Winston. That's like an hour and 40 minute, hour Ooh. and 30, hour and 40 minute Jesus. car ride. So it's getting to the point now where it's like, I don't mind staying after work. Like, cause I, I get to the, my schedule hours are nine to five. I, I like getting to the office at eight o'clock. That's just the type of nigga I am. Yeah. I like getting their office. I don't need Give yourself breathing room. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like I like to chill in the morning. I like to, before everybody get there, just mm -hmm. have my own peaceful environment. And then traffic be bad in Charlotte. So Damn. leaving right at five is never an option. I did it once, won't never do it again. <laughs> so it's like six is my cutoff time. I'm out of there by six. It's either six or four thirty. The other day I left at four thirty and got home by six. That's I was good. like, Oh, I fuck with that. That's so I good. might start doing that, get to the office at eight and then leave at four. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. That's a good little schedule. So with us in twenty twenty three, our generation, what is one thing that you strongly dislike or just can't stand about our generation, the way society is, or really just like the difference between cause you know, our generation is just Right, yes. yeah. 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 Okay, but first, what do you consider yourself as? Because, like, I consider, like, 98 to, like, 02, like, its own little, like, generation mm -hmm. of, like, the remainder of, like, the good kids. Part. So, you, you consider yourself in that little, like, popular, or you could, would you consider yourself the, the what, are, what do they call it, Gen Z, Gen X? 
pot tie pot eaters. Yeah, not definitely not them. Yeah. Like that ninety eight to oh two. Like yeah. I, I got an old soul, so yeah, I really consider myself like a nineties. Nineties baby. I'm saying like I was delayed. Like yeah. I was supposed to be born back yeah. then, but it was, the way, it was, it was a waiting room. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It was supposed but to be ninety two, but it was I was delayed. But I got an old soul, so yeah. definitely that ninety eight to oh two. Yeah. Like I'm in that mix. Yeah. Um. One thing I hate about like just our generation and society and some of the things is like. Social media, man. Mm, mm, talk about it. Social media. Man. Talk about it. I could talk it. about this for hours, bro. Who you tell me? Like, I could talk about this for hours. But social media, like, the number one thing that social media completely negated the mindset of comparison is the thief of joy. Like, our generation does not understand that phrase at all. At all. Like, you are enough. Like, social media is enabling too many people to compare themselves and their situation and their progress to someone else and then they start to feel bad about it mm -hmm. and then that induces like all of these other negative emotions that's like all of those negative emotions they're all in the same vibration mm -hmm. and the cause of all of those negative emotions is social media mm -hmm. which means social media causes this vibration mm -hmm. and this is our entire generation in this one vibration mm -hmm. i'm trying to get up here i'm trying to get up out of there and it's like it's hard when like the world is social media you know what i'm saying yeah. like every like most it's more common than not that you go out into the world and you run into one of your peers or you run into somebody in your age group and they have that social media mindset that's why it's like i don't really care to like I, I rock with people i vibe with people don't get me wrong but nine times out of ten if you see me i'm alone mm -hmm. like you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. but nah social media and what are their mindset or even like the validation aspect of things like oh yeah you people wanting some type of recognition or wanting some type of approval for it, it could just be what like an outfit or it could be like an accomplishment or something like, that. like and some people i'm not saying there's nothing wrong with if that's your way to live if that's how you choose to live if you're happy with that then by all means like yeah. your life is completely different than mine but yeah. just me personally speaking i'm more of like a, i like being private like as yeah. far as the real the real things that are going on in my life I don't like too many energies attached to it because mm -hmm. not everybody got good. Because the ones that are actually in your life, in your presence, know exactly what's going on. Right. They're congratulating you right. and they're doing everything for you that the outside world right. is either going to hate on, talk about, or just not fully understand. Right. And it's like, I don't, I don't, it's because I say my five people, my parents and my grandparents, those are my five. Mm -hmm. If you're not them, I don't care at all your opinion doesn't matter none of that because if you're not putting food on my table clothes on my back a roof over my head or making sure my mental is a-okay what are you doing for me exactly what are you doing for me and people think that that mindset right there is selfish and it's but it's just like it is but at the same time you have to be that way mm -hmm. like people are so caught up and it's just like i feel like everybody who learns this lesson and overcomes it we then get around each other and it's a bit more respect amongst mm -hmm. each other because we know that like okay like we operate in the same way yeah. mentally but a lot of people are still in that like people pleasing mindset yeah. or living life for other people or yeah. the decisions you make looking back on them like if you really haven't like if you don't can't relate to what i'm saying right now then nine times out of ten the decisions that you make if you I'm look back on them are for other people mm -hmm. you're not really doing what you want to do because you think it's selfish you mm -hmm. think that oh that's just not how i should be like why wouldn't i want to be like this for them we're just like bro you have to be selfish yeah you have to be because everybody else is living their life for them but they coming to you and then they doing this because they know that you're going to come through for them and it's just mm -hmm. like it's okay to not come through for people at times yeah. in emergencies yes always i'm not saying negate people and if your phone ringing and they need help ignore them don't do that but it's like if somebody texts you and you plan on chilling your whole sunday and somebody texts you saying look i'm trying to go get some like let's go vibe let's go get some drinks let's go do something let's go hop out the house and you not doing nothing and you are free to do it mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you're obligated to go exactly and stay in the house no i'm cooling today but a lot of people will go out oh i ain't doing nothing today come on and mm -hmm. then you out there wishing you was at home at so home. you're not really enjoying the experience mm -hmm. as much as you can but it's just like if you would have just said no i'm good like i'm chilling in the house today and although it may seem 
small to some people, mm -hmm. a lot of people, it's hard for them to make that decision. Mm -hmm. You would be surprised. And then that could also turn out, too, because some people, they use that one day as a reset. And it's like, okay, now they didn't get it properly reset. So and now, now the rest of the week, week is chaotic. Is like, you not rested well properly. You just, like, everything. Mm -hmm. That one decision, that's what I'm saying, bro. Become mm -hmm. selfish. Be selfish. If we had more selfish people in the world, it would mm -hmm. be a better place. And it's not like being selfish is the way you just don't do nothing for other people. You right. put you, your life, your mental, your choices, you put you first in all aspects. Right. And then you worry about everybody else. And once you do that, your life will be so much easier because when you're in a great state of mind, everybody around you, it, it's going to rub off on that everybody else. It's them frequencies, bro. It's that vibration mm -hmm. that you own. Like, mm -hmm. when you're taking care of yourself and you feeding a whole bunch of positivity mm -hmm. into your mind and your body and your soul and spirit, mm -hmm. that's all that you have to get out. So you mm -hmm. start to radiate this positive energy mm -hmm. and then it attracts positive energy because as we know, energies attract each other. So you attract positive energy yep. and then once you get around a whole bunch of that, Y'all just continue to elevate. Yeah, because if you give out hate, you're going to receive hate back. Right. If you give out love, you're going to receive like it's love simple. back. It's, it's really, it's simple, bro. Mm -hmm. It's it's karma, like karma. It's, it's everything boils down to that. What you put into the universe is you're what gonna you get did. right back ten times. And I feel like our generation too also doesn't understand energy because right. energy is very important. And like you know, the people who actually like take in their mental health seriously or either went on a mental health cleanse right. understand that energy is key. And if it they is. feel off, they're going it's to right. leave the environment. Like, and I'm not gonna feel bad about it. I'm At not all. gonna let you know. I'm not gonna apologize. At because like, at the end of the day, when we die, it's just going to be me in that casket. Right. And that's that. So why why should I take account your emotions if I'm not feeling right? Exactly. Now you're being selfish because you want me to please you and I'm not happy? Exactly. How, does, how, how do you expect me to make you happy if I'm not happy? You, you work on you, and then I work, work on me, and then we're going to come back together, and we're going to be good. And then it's going to be that. And it's that simple. A lot of people don't, don't get like, it. They, they don't get it, and that's something that I wish, like, our generation understood more. It's like, bro, you have to, you got to sit down mm -hmm. and feel all of those emotions. Yes. Everything you went through as a child, yes. that you think, like, now that you're not a child, that it's just over with. Like, no, it still happened, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, it's still up there in your mm -hmm. mind, and even though you've been pushing it back, and you've been like, no, I'm strong, I'm good. Like, I done been through it. I'm like, you're going to have to sit down and for maybe weeks, flow. maybe months, and kind of just feel everything and allow yourself to process it and understand why it made you the way you were. Mm -hmm. Because once you understand why what you went through is the reason how you are, then you can begin to unlearn those things and then build better mm -hmm. habits, build better traditions for your family, just be a better person. But mm -hmm. a lot of people don't want to do that inner work. A lot of people don't mm -hmm. want to sit down with a pencil hard. and paper and write down who am I, what am I passionate about? Mm -hmm. Like, although these are basic questions, a lot of mm -hmm. people really can't answer them. If you was to At try all. to sit down and have a conversation, like, what are you really passionate about? And nobody can. They'll be like, I, 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 and then they'll just name basics. And they'll and or they'll name a bunch of stuff that they see trending on social media. Mm -hmm. And like, it's, that's not you. That's social. That's media. what I'm saying. That's not you. Like, so bro, take you away your Instagram name. Who? What's? Who's the real? Exactly. Like, you don't want to be a rapper. You love music and you love organizing things. Mm -hmm. So you want to be a producer. Mm -hmm. You want to manage artists. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want to be a rapper. But because you wake up and the first thing you do is go on Instagram and you mm -hmm. see that somebody dropped a new single mm -hmm. oh that's the first thing i'm seeing when mm -hmm. i start my day so i want to be a rapper like mm -hmm. this subconsciously you don't understand the small habits that you're doing is feeding into the perspective that you have on life yeah and then also too people they they don't really get to because what you were saying they don't get to actually know their childhood traumas because right. it's like yeah you might forget about it but once you dig deep it's like Oh, I forgot about this. Right. And it's like once you understand yourself, that what I'm saying? it's so much easier because it's it's a challenge. Because yes. I remember when I, I went through the whole summer, it was the hardest thing I had to do was sit there and say, What is wrong with me? Like it's tough. It's scary. It's honestly. Scary. It's scary. But it brings you to a point to where once you're out of that, can't nobody tell you. I'm nothing. talking about like that's what pe what people call that villain era or like just putting yourself first. What we was just talking about mm -hmm. that comes after you do that like mm -hmm. for me but like you said it was the summer for you like me personally it was sophomore year fall semester mm -hmm. i was just bad like we had went home after that fall break and from the day we went home to when we came back 
I was on my grandma couch, my nana couch, the entire time. I didn't get a job. I didn't work. Mm -hmm. I woke up. I was barely eating. They had to force me to eat. They had to force me to shower. Like, I'm being as open as possible right now. Yeah. Like, I was down bad. But being doing that is the reason why I am how I am exactly. now. Like, I'm adamant about my success. I'm adamant about future. Mm -hmm. I'm adamant about my loved ones because I know that, like, Okay, I understand why I am the way I am. Mm -hmm. Like, I grew up in a household where I didn't really feel seen. Like, I felt like a shadow. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's the reason why when I get in these positions or when I do certain things, like, I want to go above and beyond. Or maybe mm -hmm. that's why I'm passionate about succeeding mm -hmm. because I felt like nobody really rewarded me for my success mm -hmm. as an mm -hmm. elementary schooler. Like, so just tying the connection between a lot of things, like, mm -hmm. it helps you understand yourself more. And as you understand yourself more, you become more confident. That's why mm -hmm. any room I walk in now, chest out, chin up, I know mm -hmm. who I am as a person mm -hmm. and I'm not going to allow nobody to change that. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like also too when you actually realize your family traumas on stuff that your family is not aware that they're doing and once you understand that you're able to not you're able to walk away from a situation to where what they're doing won't affect you but you right. can still love them right but from a distance but you can also you know vocalize it and if they're not accepting to it okay i vocalized how i feel right. now what you do with that information is exactly how you feel i have my peace right. and i said everything that i want to say now i'm gonna just see how you do but i'm gonna still love you you still whoever you are but it's just gonna be from a distance right. and it like because People's families be affecting them like crazy and they don't want to talk about Everybody it. Everybody is so tied up in that. Like, just because it's your family. Don't mean Like, nothing. family can be weird. Like, Literally. family, like, Blood on, cannot bro. make you any closer to anybody. I got people that I met in college that is solid. Like, mm -hmm. this, you, I met you freshman year. Yes. And it's just like, this friendship relationship has been a lot more solid mm -hmm. than a lot of them hillside or middle yeah. school or all them, like, it's not. It's it's that family don't mean nothing. Right? If somebody weird and they affecting your mental health, mm -hmm. somebody is weird and they're affecting, affecting your, your mental health. And like, that's that. Do something about it. And like, it's oh well, that's your. I don't care. I don't if that's, care who you are. I don't care. I promise. I don't you. care. I don't care. And like I, I feel like the black generation too. They like to bring up you know what people have done for you. Okay, yeah, I was five years old. Right. When's the last time you seen me? Right. Do you even know what college I go right. to? Can you, you pronounce my, my name? Diapers. Okay, cool. Okay. Oh, Did, I can give you the money back for every yeah, diaper you ever changed. Yeah, like what? How many birthdays were you at? None. What? What's my major? When's the last time you called me and checked on me? Nothing. When's the last time you fixed me a plate or even asked me how my day was? So it's like because you such and such, I'm just supposed to sit here and deal with you and respect you. And another thing with the black generation too, they think our generation is real disrespectful. We not tolerating. That's all it is. Like these. These parents and getting older, like now that I can look at my parents and stuff as people instead mm -hmm. of parents, I yeah. understand it that it's just their own trauma and they just exactly. never went through the process of working through it. So when they had children, essentially now I realize that everybody out here just doing the best that they can, yeah. which I can't be mad at. But at the same time, don't be mad when people tell her like just because you grew up and you was didn't wasn't retaliating or you was fighting back, like you can't expect to yell at your children or do this, that, the third, mm -hmm. or talk to them a certain type of way, and then they just gonna be okay, okay with, with it. Like, no. Nah. Like, everybody has feelings too, and it's like, I seen this post, and it was like, you know, if your child don't wanna go to somebody's house, it's not like looking at it as a disrespect type thing. Your child does not wanna go, and it's like, people they look at a child as like you know their opinions their mindsets don't matter and it's just like the child's just get the repercussions because they was like you know instead of moving do you ask your kids if they want to move schools right. because people just think oh they're a kid you know they'll make new friends da 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 da, da but there's more to it that shit causes so much switching from school to school like I, I personally like I wasn't at a house longer than like two or three years growing up Same. like it was moving moving like I moved schools so many times bro especially elementary like yeah. them early years that shit like i'm surprised that like i think that's kind of one of the reasons why i'm able to like just go out or i can be an extrovert is because just you moving have, like you, you kind of you have to yeah, like be forced to go into them new environments and then just get cool with people mm -hmm. and nine times out of ten the environments that i put in like i was like i just got cool with people and people yeah. just gravitated towards me so yeah. But no, nah, it, it, it's not everybody is like that either. Like, it's those that you can switch schools, switch schools, and they scared of that making friends and that. Mm -hmm. And then you just introvert. You just building it. It's mm -hmm. getting worse every single time. And so. then that anxiety, it just builds and builds you over time. Saying. Anxiety is real, bro. It is. Anxiety and it's is not speaked about. So, okay, being, a black, being an advocate, a mental health advocate in the black community, what has been, like, one of the things that you've had to get people to really fight 
understand or what's one like one thing that you really had to advocate for because i know in the black community mental health is really not looked at and it's like more so an excuse and you know they're like you know if you got a roof over your head close on your back you're fine right. but it's like because there's anxiety depression you know it's it's a lot more to mental health that is talked about so like within the black community what's one what's one of the strongest things that you've had to advocate for um kind of just understanding and embracing that you just got to go through it like i feel like in the black community we have this mindset of like yeah we going through something but we like it's still life and life still happens and we got to go on and we just got to keep moving and we still working towards things mm -hmm. and although you right yeah you can it's like you got to go through what you feeling so in those moments where you chilling or you get back home and you kick your feet up and stuff like that like if watching TV and doing all of that, that can be like a way of just kind of getting through it. But mm -hmm. kind of really sit down and give attention to what happened or just really go through it. Like, don't dismiss those feelings. Don't negate them. Or when you get around people who genuinely care for you, like, talk about it. Like, mm -hmm. that's really the main thing. Like, really just open up. Like, I know it, it can be hard. And even I sometimes, like, kind of just deal with things on my own. And I'm still working on it. I'm not yeah. perfect. But it's like really talk to people, bro. Like in the black community, like we look at therapy as this. I don't need therapy. Like, yeah, well, like I, I talk to mm -hmm. myself. I talk to my yeah. friends or something. But it's just like it could be journaling. It could be recording yourself talking. It could mm -hmm. be writing. It could be therapy. It could be talking to a friend. Mm -hmm. Whatever. It could be drawing. I didn't just picked up coloring books lately and been drawing. But it's just like it's whatever. It That's what I'm saying. Like have some type of outlet. But it's just really understanding it. Like, bro, you have to go through it. Like. Mm -hmm. It's no such thing as, oh, I went through it. I'm going to just let it pass and I'm going to be all right. Like, mm -hmm. no, you, it's going to continue to get worse. Like, mm -hmm. if you keep suppressing stuff and you it's keep bottling things bad. in, like, you're going to explode, bro. Like, and it's not going to be good. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're going to hurt the people that you love. Like, because it's like when people explode, it's always at the wrong time yeah, or like wrong person. That's what I'm saying. Like, you going to, don't, don't hold that shit in, bro. Like, at all. Don't do it. At all. So before we end this, since as a mental health advocate, for those who are out there, you know, battling their mental health, you know, thinking about suicide or really just feeling alone, mm -hmm. what would be some words or things that you would say to them to let them know that it does get better eventually and to keep fighting? Okay. Uh, a couple of things. One is name a time where it didn't work out. Mm. That's my favorite one right there. Name a time where it didn't work out, you know? And then two is like, one of my favorite things to tell people is after every single thunderstorm, it's a sunny day. After every thunderstorm is a sunny day. Like, if it's tough right now, like, it's tough. And when you go through things in life, it's only to prepare you for that next level. So mm -hmm. if you feel like you keep going through things, if you feel like you can't get a break, if you feel like it's always something, it's because you were called for something great in this life. So you just got to change your perspective. Like, really understand that the glass isn't half empty, it's half full. Yes, I'm going through something. Yes, things are hard right now, but I know for sure that it's a big blessing around the corner. It's not going to last forever. I promise you it's not. Steve Harvey once said, if you're going through hell, why would you stop in hell? Thank you. Oh, that, I love that quote by him. Steve Harvey be spitting. That one, like, why would you stop in hell? Keep going. Just keep going. And don't stop anticipating getting better mm -hmm. like stay in the moment control what you can control don't constantly worry about oh i'm bad or oh i'm sad or oh i need to be like this i can't go out with my friends because when i go out i get this feeling in my body that it makes me tense up or i feel like that i can't even speak or when people reach out to me i get so anxious because i don't know what to say back i can barely hold a conversation i done been there like i i've all of these feelings like we all feel them and it's just like you got to understand that it's okay to feel like that mm -hmm. like it's okay to feel like that if you get in those anxiety when you out in public and all that like it's okay it's gonna be uncomfortable but those uncomfortable times is what makes you great like that's mm -hmm. diamonds are formed under pressure yep diamonds is what everybody wants like mm -hmm. as far as materialism everybody wants diamonds mm -hmm. they made under pressure you got to go through something to be great mm -hmm. so just take it day by day moment by moment bro like it's gonna get better yeah slow down slow the turtle won the race slow down just another thing i want to add is stop letting things that you can't control control you that's the one right and that that means your emotions the way you feel if you can't control it 
So what? Because Steve Harvey, he said, he, Steve Harvey, he said what he was like, all the days that you went through all of your bad days, your success rate is 100%. Yeah. Your success rate is 100% on all of your bad days. So, like, these bad days that you're going through now, your success rate is 100%. And it's going to be more in the future. It's going to be more. Like, life only gets harder. You know what I'm saying? Like, life only gets harder, but life only gets better as well. Exactly. It's it's the fact of you going to let life drag you by your hair, or is you going to get up in Mike Tyson? That's what I'm saying. Like, all it takes is that one time. Like, just think about it like this, too. All it takes is that one mindset shift. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have a completely different life. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of thinking, why is this happening to me and having mm-hmm. that victim mindset, mm-hmm. take on that, this is happening because I'm great. Like, mm-hmm. I know I'm going to be something in life, mm-hmm. and I know I'm going to have to go through things to get there. Mm-hmm. Bring it on. Like, whatever God got in store for me, whatever challenges, I want him to, like, throw them throw at me as at hard me. as you can. Yes. Because I know I'm going to walk straight through it. I know mm-hmm. that you gave me the strength, and I know that you allowed me to go through these things so that I can go through that next mm-hmm. level. So mm-hmm. it's like, with that faith, bro, I'm not scared of nothing. Because faith is the size of must seed, and like the Bible say, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Hallelujah. Because one thing about it, two things for sure, God, he don't play. He don't. He don't play when it comes to the, to his children. And he going to make sure we good. Yes, it's going to be hard. But at the end of the day, he's guiding us through it. And it's only a test to get through to what we're going through. Right. Because if we would have went through anything that we have went through, we would not be who we are today. That's what I'm saying, bro. And that'd be like the, the back and forth between like yeah. my feelings on my childhood. It'd be like, damn, I feel like I ain't get enough love or something. Yeah. But then it'd just be like. You wouldn't be who I'm, you are. That's why like, I feel like. It, it builds you. And it's like. Once you stop asking why mm-hmm. and just actually seeing okay, yeah. like I'm listening, like right. like just following, right. your life will be so much better. Because like for us, if we would have sat there and just questioned our father's death for forever, right. we would we would not be in a in a healing place. That's what I'm saying. Like I would have just been in this constant frenzy in yeah. my mind. Or, uh, but it's just like kind of embracing it. Like yeah. he taught me all of these lessons, mm-hmm. and then. He went away, so it's like, all right, cool. Apply passing the torch. Mm-hmm. Now let me got them. Like, I seen the way my pops carry himself going up. Mm-hmm. I'll be damned if I don't walk around confident. Yeah, that. Like that's how, it, like that's how he walked around. So it's just like mm-hmm. I gotta carry that on. Like mm-hmm. one day I'm gonna have a son, and he gonna grow up and watch me the same way I was watching mm-hmm. my pops. Like. It's just my turn now. That's all it is. We kings. All of us kings. Kings and queens. That's where we come from. Huh? Exactly. Kings and queens. Exactly. Well, I would like to thank you for coming on Cool Breeze Podcast, where we keep it cool. You think you kept it cool? Definitely. Definitely. I feel like I, I think I kept it cool. I think I kept you it think cool. you kept it cool? All right. A little AC. A little AC. A little AC. <laughs> well, we will see y'all next time on Cool Breeze Podcast, where we keep it cool. I'm your host. What it do? Okay.